Hello, Coffin Bond listeners, and welcome back to the new year, 2020. But we, uh, our first podcast of 2020, Tony, uh, we kept consistent last year, and we hope to keep just as consistent this year. Yes, we do, and welcome back from the US, Jamie. A wonderful uh, family holiday with your extended family, uh, your fiance, your parents, your sister. Simon, uh, my niece, Ali. yeah, your niece Ali. So absolutely wonderful white Christmas over in Lake Tahoe, in California. So well done, and you've come back with a few new health goals, I believe. Yeah, I, uh, is that the reason why we have Caroline here as well? I think so. We'll, we'll get into that, but yeah, I definitely think I had uh, a few too many burgers over there. Um, it's the, very easy to do in the states, as we understand. And serving sizes are certainly a lot larger as well. So, but look. Actually, but the last thing is, and they dress everything. So, you know, vegetables, steamed veggies are just dressed. So yeah. I, I don't understand that, but we'll move on. We'll go to Mexico, because Mexico, everything has melted cheese on it. I'd love yeah, that. So yeah. <laughs> but look, You'll get cornflakes with melted cheese on it. Everything yeah. has melted cheese. Today, look, today is um, going to touch on a lot of health. Um, yeah. We have a wonderful guest here today, Caroline Baker, um, the Amazon Morris. So welcome. Thank you so much. Very welcome, grateful Caroline. to be here. Thank you. So look, today, today we're going to start off, I guess let's touch on that topic of yeah, I got up this morning early. I got to the gym first time. So let's start on routine. Um, and Carolyn, we're going to go over to you and, and talk about, I guess, some of the three steps process you've had and you've put out to your clients as well. Um, but talking morning routines. So look, I will hand it over to you two. You two know each other well um, and we can run from there. Um, I think, Caroline, you had a great video series to start with this year. Uh, three steps to getting back and getting your plan happening. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so let's let's start on that to start with, and then we'll go back uh, to a few things that occurred to you last year as well. And why, okay. and why you two are talking? You know, write all these notes because I need to get that three separate. Oh right, well, I'll, I'll have it What's all ready. For it's very quick yeah, and okay. they're very good. Yeah. So it's uh, no, it is all online. Yeah, so I've basically worked on putting together like this three-step process, something that's very simple and easy for people to follow. Um, so basically, I always feel like whatever you do, whether this is business-related or fitness-related, I think it's always very important to first get like a diagnosis of where you're currently at, whether this is, you know, finance or health, uh, whatever it is that you're trying to do. I think it's really important to take a step back and really look at where you're currently at. A lot of people have in their head something like, oh, I know I have to get healthy, I have to get fit, or I have to do this, I have to do that. But not often is it that they actually take a moment to sort of analyze that and step back and become really mindful of where they're currently at. Um, example for me was uh, last year I was very, very ill. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. what helped me there was to analyze the situation in a sense that, okay, I was not able to do um, my general you know, gym workouts that I was used to, but I was able to direct my energy elsewhere. So my approach is really focused on like a holistic health style or healthy lifestyle approach. So it's not just only about exercise for me. It's about mental well-being. It's about emotional well-being, spiritual well-being. It's like a, a holistic approach that does take everything into account. So when we look at the current situation, I think it's important to take, I call it the Amazon warrior wellness wheel, where we look at all the aspects of, the, of life, because at the end of the day, doing just exercise is not only you know, going to make us happy and healthy. Um, it's a lot of other things that 
are important to that as well. So that's the first step really is to look at where you're currently at, you know, what's your current situation? Are you perhaps injured? Are you unable to exercise? Have you perhaps put on a little bit too much weight <laughs> over Christmas or have you just lost motivation? You know, some people just really need that motivation, get a little bit of a kick up the bum um, to get started again. Whereas other people are really, you know, mentally down and have rather gone through a very difficult time, uh, perhaps a breakup or a loss, you know, grievance, whatever it may be it's really important to take that into account before actually putting into plan what we're going to put into plan. So that's where I think it's fundamental to look at step one of assessing where you're currently at. And then once you know, you know, because as you I guess, know... I guess that's step one. And we were talking about the New Year's. Everyone always has that New Year's resolution. And, and I feel like this is a time where people are motivated because they sort of... Absolutely. ...to say, okay, Absolutely. start the year, I'm going to yeah. be different this year. That's right. But how are you actually going to follow through with that? Yeah. Because yeah. I think and that's and New Year's resolutions fall by the way, don't they? <laughs> that's right, and that's where I like personally. I'm not a big fan of an actual New Year's resolution. It's just a resolution. It's a goal for yourself. Like personally, I'm very, um, I guess, business orientated and goal. You know, I set a lot of goals and I have my larger goal at the top and put it down into bite-sized chunks. But I feel that a lot of people are, you know, not quite sure how to do that. So that's why I thought, look at where you're currently at, so that you know where your weaknesses are. And then from there, you can set yourself a realistic goal and something that's actually going to work for you. Because there is, of course, there's a million online plans you can do. You can, you know, there's a lot of different apps you can use to get healthy and fit and track your foods or do your meditation. But you've got to find something that's going to be customized to you and something that works for you. So that's where looking at where you're currently at, assessing that. And then based on that, we look at setting a realistic goal. Carolyn, can I ask on that? Um in regards to step one, do a lot of people come with uh, unrealistic goals? And um, these two millennials here I've often had conversations <laughs> with about the generation of instantaneous gratification, uh, where you will look at an Instagram model and who said, well, I've done this and all I've done is this, you know, so it's, um, or, you know, take this magic pill and it's the equivalent to a 30 minute workout a day yeah. and things like that. So do, do we find that we're also in a generation and sometimes my generation has fallen into that as well, where, well, can't I just take a pill and get a six pack? Um, you yeah. know, so things, so have we fallen through social media? Um, there must be, what's the quickest and easiest way to get stuff done rather than, the that's absolutely right yeah. yeah and i feel that social media has been actually good but also has been very much a distraction in that sense because it sets a lot of unrealistic goals for a lot of people yeah which is why i've personally done a lot of research into the mental and the spiritual side of things of being healthy and well and which is why i started out as a personal trainer but now i'm a holistic lifestyle coach focusing on all areas of life mm. because yes um, I feel social media is very much focused on commercialization obviously uh, for those yep. reasons which yep. I understand um, but this is where I'm trying to bring it to people in a sense that it's got to be something that's realistic to them because everybody wants a quick fix everybody wants it yesterday and they want it for free mm. that's basically what it is there's too much distraction there are too many different options too many different apps and people just don't know what to choose yeah you know they'll, they they don't stick with things i call it the difference between uh realistic and fantasies absolutely um, so in, in in all areas of life or all things absolutely all and even, for example, of you know something from our industry is realistic is that, you know, I want to have ten million dollars when I retire, 
and well, what's the goal? What's the strategy? How are you going to do that? And how long is that going to take to achieve? And the fantasy is, can't I just win Tats Lotto? That's right. And yeah. you know, so and you could you you could have that one in eighty eight million chance of actually winning Tats Lotto. You have to buy the ticket first, That's and there's right. your one chance. And I think that can sometimes be the same in the fitness industry. Whereas we talk about the compound effect in here, and I've had all my uh, staff read a book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And it's doing that little bit day by day to actually get that achievement. So if I want That's that right. six pack, well, at you know 35% body fat, I'm not going to have a six pack right now. That's right. Uh, so how do I lose that? It can't be done in a way. You can't be done by just taking a pill. I actually have to do physical activity as that's well. Right. And that's right. And, and a good diet absolutely. and good mental health to that's be able right. to get through all that. And that's, I think, where consistency and routines really come in because it's like Mark Manson said in the book of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Stuff. Was that the title? Well, you know, you know the title. It's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And in that book, he clearly states you've got to choose your struggles. Yeah. Because very often people think, oh, I'll just buy this or buy that. And I'll get instant results, but it's not the truth. You've got to put the work in. It's just very simple. You've got to work your ass off. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you've got to work your ass off. Yeah. And that's, I think, where you know, bringing it to people and really guiding them through versus doing something online is really that thing that's going to make a difference. Because be realistic with yourself. It's, it's not going to work if you don't want to put the work in. Yeah. And that's where setting a realistic goal, whether it be in business or in fitness or mm. just in, in life, is, um, is very important. And what about those people that say, well, I've been doing this for a week now and I don't see any change. So when it comes to those realistic goals, do you also help them measure you know all those little gains all those little successes all those little wins all yes the way absolutely so that goal might be in three months time to be 10 kilos lighter or to have changed you know to have done your meditation every single day yeah. etc so do you help them measure those um, all yeah the way absolutely and yeah. i do think um one principle that i use is like the 80 20 rule mm. um, i look at it myself in 80 percent of the time i'm good with my diet 20 percent of the time i go out and enjoy dumplings and donuts and live life because that's I the thing part of the good yeah. <laughs> i thought dumplings uh, were part of the good side yeah no damn it no they're not <laughs> okay. that bad but um to give you you know a bit of a an example is that it is realistic and that's where it's got to really look at is that going to work for your lifestyle and yes that's where it's so important to look at your routines and do the thing look at the things you do daily and do measure that success because very often people they hop on the skill every single day mm. uh, on one hand it is very good because you create consistency and part you know part of a routine but unfortunately the body um, even though it's you know statistical data that we look at like when I work with my clients we use a body composition scale so we look at the entire body composition of muscle fat water uh, bone structure etc but obviously you know things fluctuate sometimes you hold fluid depending on what you eat sometimes you don't hold fluid so hopping on that scale may be something even though they say, yes, I tick it off every day, I've weighed myself. But if the number on the scale is slightly up, they might get, you know, mentally, might actually get really down about that. So that's where you've got to take into account, like, a lot of the different variables, mm. such as the diet, such as, you know, your fluid intake, um, and what other supplements you're using, what exercise you've done, how well you've slept. Yeah. Um, sleep is a very big part in that, as you know. 
Um, I measure mine every day, yep. <laughs> so that's a very important one. Um, but I think celebrating the smallest wins is really um, something that really helps. Yeah. And that's something I do personally as well with, um, yeah, whether, you know, like life and business is uh, journaling. Yeah. So that's for me Something to hold. Something I started last year, which has been magnificent. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Jamie no. always gets scared when I've had a break and he, he sees my journal is that much thicker. He yeah. Goes, What's he got in store for me this I, week? I actually, <laughs> I actually made sure I got off the plane the other day and I come straight into work off the plane. And the idea behind that was I was worried about what's he got planned already. Let's get <laughs> let's get through what he's written down over yeah. the break and then we can get into work <laughs> yeah. today. So, yeah. But he has become a, a big journaler. Yeah, so I found it magnificent and it's just about writing down my thoughts realistically. And I I find actually, I don't necessarily do it every day, but when I do do it, I'm in a flow. And, you know, it might be then 10 pages later. Yeah. um, I just go, wow. Uh, Because it just just flows and flows. Absolutely. And and I find that once it's in writing, um, I commit to it as well. So, yeah. so whatever I've written down, I actually have then committed to. That's very interesting you mention it because I've got a stack of journals about this high. Yeah. <laughs> um, from when I first started uh, my For those of you who don't see the video, <laughs> that high was probably around about half a metre. Yeah. <laughs> so, Touching on that, it's actually, yeah, our first time we're actually recording a podcast on video, so... It is. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie went and put on his tie especially. Yeah, that's right. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned it about, you know, once you write things down, once they're set in stone or once they're written in paper, it's actually what's happened. Yeah. And I've actually looked back, uh, reflected over some of the previous years of when I first started my health and fitness journey. um, I've actually looked at the things, the goals that I set for myself and I've realised that I've actually accomplished all of that. Yeah. And then based on that, uh, firstly, you know, it reinforces, oh, I've actually done really well. I should be very proud of where I'm at. But also you realize that, um, what do you call it? the law of attraction or yeah. however you want to call it, um, you realize that things like that do actually work. Yeah, yeah. But mostly yeah. it, it really helps you put things into perspective in a sense of, wow, I've come that far. And that's where it's good. Like when I do work with my clients, yes, I'm an old school trainer that writes down things uh, that does uh, weekly like check-ins. Mm-hmm. And that's based on, you know, how they're feeling, how they're progressing, because looking back at where they started is just so important to see, you know, how far they've come. And it, it is about the small wins. And, um, you know, to be fair, there's always going to be obstacles in when you're training, um, in life you know there's always sessions you can't make or things you know you're running late or the kids are sick or whatever it is that comes up and i guess that's just where you've got to be realistic and yeah um, still look back at where you were how far you've come but still keep your nose pointed in where you're headed absolutely so we've jumped ahead a little bit but yep. uh, step two we go into that as a yeah, process so it's, uh, sort of really ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah step two we have sort of jumped through that a little yeah. bit so um in the process of after you've assessed like your current situation of where you're at whether it's um you'd like to lose some weight after the holidays or uh you'd like to get back into health and well-being after an injury it's then setting yourself a realistic goal so if for example let's say you've put on how much weight? <laughs> a little bit of weight yeah. over Christmas. No, a little yeah. Bit, eh? <laughs> yeah. Let's say. Let's say uh, 
people have been on holidays and you want to lose five kilograms, yeah? Is that realistic for you? Um, for some people it may be, for some people it may not be. But saying, oh, I want to lose five kilos by next week because I've got a party to go to, that's obviously unrealistic. So that's where you've got to look at your lifestyle and ask yourself what's realistic for you. Are you going to be able to go to the gym? And secondly, do you actually want to go to the gym? Or perhaps you're not a gym person, perhaps you'd like to just go out for walks, perhaps you'd like to just focus on your nutrition. Mm. And I guess, you know, the majority of us, we all work full time. Are you really willing to spend that amount of time and effort into achieving that goal? So that's yeah, something we work with, you know, with our clients to see what works for them. Um, I think applying like simple, realistic steps, small steps that work um, really gets them fired. Like Tony, we're, you're talking about morning routine. Yeah. Something that I've implemented uh, is a very simple one. As soon as you turn the kettle on for your morning coffee, do your squats. Saw that video. Yeah, it's a very green, simple one. In your green dressing gown. Yes, <laughs> yes, it matches the colours. So. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, it is something simple, like I may not be able to go to the gym and lift weights at the moment, but I can do other things. And doing those other things, especially in the morning, you know, sets you up for a great day. Absolutely. So little things like that make a difference. So that's why each individual goal, it's different. You, you know what it's like in business and it's the same goes for health and well-being. So. It's interesting, um, start reading a book, uh, Awaken the Giant Within, which yes. is by Tony Robbins, yes. which was written back in 1994. And it's, it's funny when you read some of the stories in there and where those people are today. Uh, but, but more to the point, um, the... One of the parts in it that he, I was just read over the weekend was uh, everything that we do is based on pain and pleasure, uh, which I thought how true. So mm. it's it's quite interesting that one of my problems with my uh, waist has always been that I eat food for pleasure. So as an example of that is that I'm an emotional eater. If I'm having a down period, I will be an emotional eater and go straight to the sweet foods yep. um i do have to put donuts in the bad category that's <laughs> so it's uh i don't eat them anymore but i'm also that i do eat for pleasure rather than eating just for fuel yeah and the amount of calories that can easily be cut uh by taking the pleasure part out of it because i you know, even as a professional triathlete, I always had body image issues. Mm. So it's it's quite interesting that you know, look at myself back then. I looked anorexic, uh, especially compared to now. But the the basis of it is is that the, when we do things for pain and pleasure. When I read that, I was on the treadmill on Saturday, and for the first time in three years, well, for the last three months now, I'm back jogging again on the treadmill. Wow. And I've been able to do that because of my knees for nearly three years. But the last two minutes of the last set that I was doing, yeah. I was doing at a speed which for me right now is quite intense. And I was starting to heave with my breathing and I was starting to go through a bit of pain. And it was interesting that the thought process came up that I endure the pain now to enjoy the next 55 years of pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was just interesting that when you actually relate to this is painful but the results you can get and I remember saying to Jamie you know when he was reluctant to do some of his runs down the football club that no one ever finishes a run and says I wish I never did that that's right you know because the endorphin rush and the way it makes Absolutely. you feel so that pain yeah. that you go through the pleasure that it actually gives you afterwards is quite intense that's absolutely right and that's I think is is it Lao Tzu who said 
it's the the hardest step is always just you know the or your journey of a thousand steps begins just with the first step yeah that's and right. that is it is so bloody hard after being out of routine after not you know having your your normal say morning routine to get back into it is just so hard that first little step is always the hardest and is that so painful you know the alarm goes off at like 4 30 in the morning and you just want to slam it you just want to snooze it yeah. and just not do it but then when you do do that and when you do conquer yourself in the morning it's the best feeling it is so. i actually learned something on that from um i think it was on a lewis house podcast mm. and i can't remember the name of the woman who was interviewing um I can't remember her name now. But anyway, the uh, 54321. Mel I, Robbins. Mel Robbins. That's Thank exactly you. That Mel the one. Robbins yes, and that's what I do every morning yeah, when it goes. The alarm goes yeah. off now and I just go 54321. And uh, off you up. go, like NASA. <coughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that was, and, that's, and that's actually worked for me. Because the alarm Absolutely. goes off, I count down 54321, I sit up. Go. My eyes are usually still closed when yeah. I'm sitting up. But at least you sit, <laughs> sit up. up. Yeah. I know my gym stuff is there. I yeah. put it on, I go out. Uh, to the other section of the bedroom um, and start to do my breathing exercise, my meditation. Usually still half asleep, even though the breathing exercises wake me up and then it's fine. But yeah, I've found that to be brilliant of not hitting yeah. the snooze button. Absolutely. No, I've, it's so funny because I've done the same and it has absolutely helped. Yeah. Yeah, it really makes a difference. Make so. Thanks, Mel Robbins. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mel. Yeah. Make that decision. Five, four, three, two, one. Bang, Just done. go. Get up and go. That's right. That, that's for you for tomorrow morning, Jamie. Uh, if, you, know, if, you, if, if your biceps are feeling I, a bit can, sore when your alarm goes I can tell off. you my goal is not going to be to get up at 4.30, though. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my alarm goes off at 5 to 5, yeah. not 4.30. Well, and that's the thing, you know, once again, it's something that's got to be realistic for you like i know that majority of people are not morning people yeah do you really think i love getting up that early not no, every day no. but the majority of the time i do but i do know that the majority of people don't enjoy it yeah and that's where you've got to be realistic well, that's fine i don't <coughs> i don't expect you to get up at that time of the morning and do your training mm. but i do expect to you know for them to have a think about their situation and look at what's realistic for them i mean everybody has a cuppa in the morning yeah a coffee or a tea so i think it's very realistic to be able to do those squats in the morning absolutely you know and it's setting up yeah the kettle happening that's right and it's a setting up of little habits um whether it's like uh, based on brendan bouchard's uh, performance habits or james clear you know habit stacking it's it's putting one habit on top of another and just putting the right little steps in place to really move forward do you find the morning routine is easier if it's consistently the same every morning or do you or do you so it becomes a habit or can that become a bit mundane at times as well um i think what works for me is consistency and yeah. doing the same thing every morning so i'm quite a so bit so if you've got the kettle on you're doing squats because uh, that's what you do yes yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that right so yes yep yeah. yeah, that is my goal yeah. yeah absolutely no so i noticed that you you just i remember uh, robin daubeny when he was down with the st kilda football club mm. uh he basically said you know these guys who have you know you've they said oh i don't really have time to do extra training things like that and he said do you watch television and they all said yes and this is big well jones um he's a good friend of mine as well and he said, well, every time there's adverts on, you're to do push-ups. There you go. And then the Super, next time yeah. there's adverts on, you're to do sit-ups. Yeah. 
and it was just made them all fitter and stronger yep, because they, right. they'll sit down in front of the TV for an hour, an hour and a half and every time there were adverts coming on, you know, unless they're watching uh, to get out of it, they had to watch ABC or SBS yeah. <laughs> where there were no adverts. Yeah. But basically they all were doing, you know, an extra something like 1,000 push-ups um, a week over and above all their normal training. Yeah, fantastic. This was when uh, it was VFL, uh, training every Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, and having meat pies and beers after training. Right. So a bit of a different mindset to what yeah. you have in AFL today. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that just doing those extra little things like what you do with the squats uh, every time you got a kettle on, etc. So then we go into step three. So we've got step one in respect to understanding who you are and where you're at and yep. setting the goals. Uh, so we've now gone to step two. So if we go to step three now. Yeah, so after we've set ourselves a realistic goal, it's really looking at what habits we can implement mm. and really taking action as to what you said you were going to do. Yeah. So I think what um, really helps is to really break things down for people. Like I was recently listening to a really good podcast by Jay Shetty mm. um, about to 2020 uh, New Year's resolutions um, and especially about the fact that, okay, well, at the top of the ladder, that's your goal. So let's say my goal, for example, is to be able to get back to full body function in two months time. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that's a realistic goal. So what I'm doing is I'm breaking that down into smaller steps, not because, um, you know, because I'm a bit perfectionistic, but mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, mainly because I feel it gives me peace of mind knowing that I've actually thought through what I'm going to be doing instead of having to stress about oh oh but I'm you know I said I was going to achieve that goal but I you know I don't know how to do it it's actually literally putting a plan in place to see how you're going to achieve that so my goal is to be in two months time fully functional so what I'm going to do okay I know that I need to break that down into um, getting a proper assessment from the surgeon and the physiotherapist as well as looking at uh, rehabilitation but on top of that, like I've also, you know, looked at my current situation and I do know that there are other areas of my life that I can work on whilst I may not currently be able to fully train in the gym as per usual. There are other things of my life that I can look at, such as spending more energy on my passion, which is currently I'm writing a book yeah. um, or spending more time on my mental health with, for example, journaling or uh, speaking with professionals. Or I can spend more time networking or I can spend more time focused on my nutrition because it's all the different areas of life that eventually, you know, boil down to our level of joy and happiness because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Like, does it really matter like how skinny or how, you know, how much larger we are? At the end of the day, all we really want is just to be happy. Yeah. So that's where breaking things down into like a smaller bite-sized piece chunk that you can actually absorb is the the third and final step well i set a goal which uh, is 55 years in the future and that is i want to live to i'm 105 just giving away my age there <laughs> but it's uh but to be able to live to 105 i don't want to have the quality of life that my father had in the last 10 years of his life yeah. i actually want to have my mental health and my physical health yeah you know, so it's um, so when I do go, yeah. I go with all my faculties in place and, and my physical health. Yeah. Almost, you know, so I, I don't want to be. It's it's going to be easier for me if my bad knees walking up a set of stairs, uh, being a lighter version than what I am right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, and that's the thing. You you know what you know. You've got your goal in your mind, mm -hmm. and you know the steps that you need to do, and you've got that vision in front of you, and that's something that you can chase. Yeah. And something that you know holds you accountable because sure. you can see it right there in front of you. And I think that's something really interesting. Like I've, when I was younger, like my health and fitness journey started about 11 years ago and I was very competitive, I still am, but I've learned, you know, the hard way 
to not um, drive yourself into the ground. Mm. To like, I have done bodybuilding competitions where I've completely starved myself and got down to about seven percent body fat. Um, after that, I gained a lot of weight back on and realized it's not the way to go. Yeah. But like I said, I wanted to learn that. So I was, as a trainer, I would be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. I wanted to learn about it. You know, I've challenged myself doing the Oxfam 100k hikes where you try and run 100 kilometers within 24 hours. Now, yeah, you realize, you know, when you're halfway in that it's it's the, the human body isn't made for that. So after doing that, and, and it's after, being chased by a bear, Jamie. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless that's right, because that happens often. <laughs> no, yeah. I said, Jamie said I could never run a marathon. I said, I bet yeah. you could if you've been chased by a bear. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and that's so. where you've got to look at, you know, yeah. what's the necessity? What's What are you really chasing? What are you doing it for? Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, where I was getting at with that is like after doing that and after getting in the boxing ring, you know, you realize you push yourself so far and all I had in my mind, going back to what we talked about earlier, the Instagram picture, the social media craze, yeah. um, it is unrealistic to be looking like the majority or like the, say the top 10 fitness accounts, it's unrealistic. Mm. So I had, you know, a body image issue as well and looking at that, you know, 10 years down the track, you realize that, oh, it's not about that. It is not about looking that way. It's about finding that peace and health and happiness within yourself. Yeah. And once you've accepted that, everything falls into place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about uh, your journey last year. Uh, you had a unexpected health issue, to say the least. Yes, very unexpected. Um, and your road... Um, very unexpected, but extremely serious at the Very same time. Very serious, yeah. Um, and your road to recovery, and I suppose just your own mental health of getting through that and then getting on your road to recovery yeah. uh, this time around. So do you want to discuss that in a bit more detail? So yeah. yes, you're in a coma, but that wasn't from an accident. That was from a health issue. That was, yeah. yeah. So it was um, late last year. It was actually about Halloween. Um just a week before Halloween, I had my wisdom teeth removed mm-hmm. um, by a very good specialist. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I had some complications there um, that got me very ill. So what happened was I had an infection in there that obviously hadn't cleared uh, fully. And that infection got larger and larger and it actually created an abscess um, like the at the lower jaw, so in my neck, yeah. and it was actually getting that bad that it was affecting my breathing. Um, so what happened was because of the trauma of the removal of the wisdom teeth, my jaw was sort of locked up because it was a lot of you know stress on that joint on the TMJ. Um, so my mouth couldn't open very much at all, and then on top of that, I had an abscess uh, sitting at the lower part of my jaw and in my neck. And what happened was it turned out I was also allergic to some of the antibiotics they had given me. So all Which that... Which obviously it, didn't know previously. Previously, yeah. correct, yeah. yeah. So what happened was I started struggling to breathe. I went to the pharmacy and, you know, they said, oh, I have some uh, Ventolin and have some antihistamines. And I said, nah, this ain't right, because I couldn't open my mouth. I was struggling to breathe. And I went to see the specialist, and she says, no, you're going straight to ED. I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's a beautiful day. It's, it's going to be 40 degrees today. I'll go to the beach first, and then I'll go to ED. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my friend knocked some sense into me, and I said, no, you're going now, and I'm taking you. Yeah. So I went down to ED and got admitted pretty much straight away. It turned out I had a massive abscess um, in the jaw, in the neck. And... Um, 
being a very healthy and fit individual that's had a very blessed upbringing with no health issues ever really. Yeah. Um, it was a very big shock for me to, to be an ED, first of all, to go through that process, uh, you know, being surrounded by a lot of sick and crying people, a lot of sad people, like the energy in there is very, you know, it's, it's <laughs> very cruel. But um, the, the worst thing really was for me that the surgeon came to me. So this was probably within like four, no, three hours of being admitted. Um, he said, oh, we're going to do surgery on you right now here's your stuff go and get ready and that was it it yeah. turned out i had a massive abscess that needed washout and because it was so close to the airways they said oh, and we're not sure when we're going to wake you up so that was very very shocking wow <laughs> for me to happen yeah from getting a couple of decent sized teeth pulled that's right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely it was a big shock yeah. So um, they did the surgery that pretty much yes, tried away that evening, kept me in a coma. Um, got some. For how long? I think it was almost twelve hours, just under twelve hours. Yeah. So that was very intense, and it was a very interesting experience because um, well, I'm not sure if you've ever been in a coma, no. but you see the things in the movies. I've had the odd seven-second knockout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I, it was actually really interesting because I was able to hear everything that was going on okay. around me. Okay. Not that I remember everything, but I remember being able to hear. I couldn't yeah. move my body. I couldn't move my eyes, um, but I could hear. That's I could hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was very interesting because all the, uh, the nurses come to check up on you, and um, I remember nurses saying, "Oh, she looks so peaceful. She must be meditating." <laughs> and I was just in my head. I thought, "No, I'm I'm in a coma." Or <laughs> actually, you, you don't realize that, yeah. but like, yeah. Every, like it was I think it was said about three times for three different people. It's like, oh, she looks so peaceful. She must be meditating. Yeah. So that was it, it. I guess it was a sort of meditation, but it was a very stressful one. Yeah, but not one by choice. Not one by <laughs> choice, and that is yeah. the hardest thing, I think, in life when when the unexpected happens. That you know how you deal with that. Yeah. Because it was then after I was, uh, you know, woken up from coma. And this was obviously an ICU, and the nurse comes up to me after I had awoken. She's like, oh, we need to move you to a different bed. Do you think you can stand up? Yeah. I'm like, uh, no, I just, I literally just woke up. I can't yeah. stand up. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that was very shocking. She, yeah, they obviously hadn't done handover notes or something, but yeah. she asked me to hop down and into a different bed. I said, no, I'm going to need some help here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long were you yeah. in hospital for? Uh, all up about two weeks. So this was not. So this was the first incident that happened. This was the first. They call it a washout of the yeah. abscess. Yeah. So that was the first one that happened. So I was in hospital for about a week. So after ICU, after being in coma, after being in ICU, I was put down in a normal ward, um, in which I stayed for about a week. Yeah. And after that, I was dismissed. The wound which is in my neck, just under the jawline, uh, was still left open because they wanted any of the, you know, the pus to still be able to come out. It was a drain and a long plastic corrugated drain in there. And they wanted that to come Sorry, out. Sorry, that, what, that comes out of your mouth? Or? No, so they did the, the surgery was through the mouth as well as through the neck. So I've got a, a scar just yeah, there. Yeah, I, I saw that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've done it pretty well. But yeah. they, they kept it open so that any of the residue, you know, was still able to come out. So obviously they needed a hospital beds. You know, I'm young, fit, healthy, you know, can get up myself. Yeah. So they kicked me out and um, things didn't really get much better. 
and it was about four or five days later. So you've got this pipe coming out of your neck yes. at home. Yep. You're seeing pus come out of this. Yep. Um, and yeah, you've got... <laughs> okay, yeah. so I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> it is very confronting. So, yes, so, it was yeah. very confronting and it was very um, scary to all of a sudden have to rely on other people. Yeah. That you're unable to do your own hair, you know, look after yourself. And yeah. it's really debilitating. Like, it's mentally, it's an absolute shocker. Yeah. And, the and worst this is the thing, first time in your life you've yeah, had to rely on other Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. I'm always, like, I've, I'm originally from the Netherlands and I've moved here about uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. So I've always traveled the world, always been very, you know, independent. Um, yeah. And to be, you know just confiscated to a bed and have to rely on others was very shocking. Yeah. Especially because after five days of being at home, I realized things weren't getting better. And I ended up back at uh, emergency department at 3 a.m. in the morning where morphine and endone could not kill the pain. And the surgeon said to me, oh, yeah, it looks like there's some bacteria left. We'll do another washout. So we'll do another surgery. So thankfully the wound was still open. Yeah. But they went in through the, through the mouth, through the neck, but because of what I mentioned earlier, the, the jaw wasn't able to open due to the stress on the TMJ. Yeah. They couldn't put the breathing apparatus through the mouth. So they had to put the breathing apparatus through the nose. And to do that, prior to going into theater, you have to be awake for that process. So that's, that was a very traumatic experience yeah, as well. Yeah, because you know, it's fine if you're just knocked out, you just, just do whatever they have to do. But when you're actually awake and when you're surrounded by all the medical equipment and the five six doctors and the nurses and the anesthetist it's pretty scary like you know your anxiety levels really do go through the roof no matter how much medication you're on how much yeah it's it's very stressful you're shoving a tube up your nose yes yeah yeah and they do they put the first one in that it's like um you know you, you start with a smaller pen and then they take it out and then they go to bigger pen and then they go to the third bigger pen and then they shove the final one in so it's, uh, uh, I hope that doesn't happen to me, please. No, so, all, so I think the lesson from this is to really Even look after Milan's your cringing team. Over there, so. so what's been the road from recovery from there? The road to recovery has been a very slow one. So sorry, you spent another week in hospital after yes, that? Yes, correct. Yes, all can, I, just, can I ask, yeah. because you, you're, you know, you're physically uh, a, a petite person, when I say mm. petite, mm. very physically uh, fit and healthy person. Yes. You wouldn't have been able to eat during that time? Correct, yeah. Over that time, I really struggled. And plus, because of the mental stress yeah. and because of all the medication, you you don't have appetite. Yeah. Even though the hospital meals were fantastic, and I told them that, like, they were really good. I praised them. Yeah. Uh, the meals were really good. I, I was able to I choose... I wouldn't hear that too often. No. no. <laughs> I was able to choose my own menus, like starters. Uh, so starter, main, on track, would have two or three desserts if I wanted. And I did order to try and get some nutrition into me. And I had yeah. my, you know, my friends bring my usual nutrition to me. Uh, but still, you don't have appetite. You don't have appetite, you don't have drive, motivation, you're depressed, you're constipated, and you're just down in a rut. So over that time in hospital, I lost about five kilograms, which is a, you know, a lot for my, somebody my size. Big percentage yes. of your body weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. And that's where I kept, uh, so that's something that's like social media did help me in the sense that I was able to share part of my journey yeah. because I did want my audience to know that, okay, cool, you can see my abs, but you know what? I ain't healthy. Yeah. And that's what I want people to realize that that body image, that picture that you see there, like 
even though you may think in your head it's attractive it is not it is not healthy yeah and that's where i really wanted to get across to people that health is about a lot of different aspects yeah. and not just about gym or having a six pack um, yeah yep. yeah so the road to recovery the road to recovery was a a slow one a very slow one and i'm still on the road to recovery but yeah. um i think most uh, difficult role was the mental one. I was going to ask what what helped during that period in respect to your mental health? Uh, in respect to that I think the main thing is the consistency of morning routine mm. but for somebody like me that was it like I'm fit and healthy I was able to walk you know 15 20 thousand steps a day um, being able to go to a gym and all of a sudden not having that consistency not able to do that you really have to change your thinking and I think that's where you go down in your, you know, your darkest, deepest hole. And then you realize like, oh, there is a way out. You know, you just have to shift that energy. Once you've got that and once you put things in place, such as journaling, such as consistent morning routine, such as consistent time going to bed, those things do help you get back on track. But yeah. it's like... Um, what's the writer? Uh, it's like the barefoot investor after he plants his apple tree. You know, you don't look back the next day and think, hey, where's my apples? It's a long-term goal. And that's what the surgeon, after the second washout, he said to me, oh, he said, Caroline, I know you're super healthy and fit and I know you're doing everything right. However, still, you 12 weeks is a realistic goal for you. So even though somebody is healthy and fit as I am, and it's, that's something everybody said to me, my friends, my colleagues, my family, they said, oh, you know, how could this have happened to you? You're like the fittest person I know. But mm. there you see, being having that foundation of being healthy and well helps so much in the journey of recovery. Yeah. Because I think that if, you know, would have happened to somebody that was not as well as me, it would have taken longer. Yeah. It's just a guesstimate, but it's yep. pretty simple math. So. Yeah. Look so, after yourself, everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so then it was a, I mean, you would have then had to put a different plan in place for yourself in respect to that journey. Of absolutely. Recovery. And that's where, once again, it comes down to realistic goals. Because like I said, I was able to, you know, to do hikes, to do training sessions. I used to do boxing, kickboxing, mm. yoga, everything. Um, pretty much, you know, I used to be active every day. So instead of having that, I had to really change my mindset, which was the hardest part, because that's all we ever fight. You know, truly, we fight ourselves. Yeah in our mind so for me to be able to say okay if you do you know four thousand steps today that's good enough for you and that's i think where a lot of us set you know unrelenting standards you just keep putting too much pressure on yourself so really dialing it down two three notches is is the one thing that helped me yeah really and i suppose dialing it down to those three notches meant that you could stay consistent as well that's right yep yeah. absolutely yeah and it wasn't until I think just around Christmas that I was able to hit my 10,000 steps for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Because I remember after I just got out of hospital, I, it took me 20 minutes to walk, I think it was 800 meters. Wow. Yeah. It's I just. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, but it, it's, I think it, the mental part is just the hardest because you just, you, you start asking questions, you know, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, yeah, there was something wrong with you, but just learning to accept that recovery is a process mm. that's that's just a major thing yeah it's interesting we talk about advances in medicine and medication and things like that as well as 
you know, an abscess like that just 100 years ago would have been a death sentence. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I'm so very grateful uh, to be alive because you know, it was yeah. it I mean, was close. Even simple things like caesareans for women, you know, have kept so many women alive in mm. child, uh, childbirth yep. now. So it's, you know, it's quite exceptional, just simple things that we take for granted nowadays. Absolutely. And uh, that's... Were death sentences not so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's, I think, one of the major takeaways for me from this journey is really the gratitude part. Um, you really start to appreciate so many little things in life that yeah. I previously took for granted. Yeah, um, no, definitely. It really changes your perspective on a lot of things, and you learn that there's always a silver lining to whatever it is. There's always, you know, always somebody that's worse off than you, no matter how shit you feel. Yeah. So. Every storm ends with a rainbow. Mm. Yeah, so it's yeah. A, I think that was a Winnie, Pitt, Winnie the Pooh one. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was Jay Shetty. I think that was Winnie the Pooh. He's one of my favourites. Uh, <laughs> good old Christopher Robin. Yeah, <laughs> Robin good wisdom. Great wisdom. Um, just to wrap up, Caroline, uh, we are going to have you, uh, when we launch our Harmony business uh, next year, helping our SME clients in respect to those who want to get on that health journey and look after their both their physical and mental health as well. We're going to have you as, as part of that. Uh, but our clients now who might want to reach out to you, they can just contact you through your website. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently Follow very... Follow you on social media That's well. right. Yeah. yeah, I'm very active on the on the Instagram and Facebook. So for those of you that need a little bit of motivation, head on over to Instagram and check out my stories. It's Amazon Warrior AU. Mm-hmm. Um, or check out the website, amazonwarrior.com.au, which is where you can find my healthy recipes my uh, tips to get back on track but um, mainly if you need your daily motivation head on over to the stories on instagram or facebook yep no and we will provide those links as well for our clients that is wonderful caroline thank you so much for coming in today so really looking forward to working with you over the next 55 years wonderful (laughs) it's uh, It's been been great thanks so much for having me very grateful appreciate it thank Thank you. you